0: what makes us tough. We keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out, they can't
1: lick us. The change has started, and the change in Detroit is real.
2: We're back! Yeah, 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 yeah. Detroit, Michigan. Here, you can actually see what you do affect a great American city, and it's it's hopefully historical comeback. Welcome in to Opportunity Detroit. Hi, I'm Paul W. Smith. Funk all stars, we spend our Today we'll meet Carlos Parisi, owner of Aunt ease oh, yeah. Ryan Meidel, founder and CEO of Rivet. Rod Elberts, DAD executive director. Detroit, then Brandon Edwards, co-founder and chef of Metropolitan West, West Village. Oh, yeah. It's all about opportunity, Detroit, and it's Michigan. all about Detroit. All right now, Detroit. First up on Opportunity Detroit, we're very happy to welcome Carlos Parisi. Now, Carlos is a, is a guy who's been involved in a lot of business. He's got Antony's, which is an Eastern Market-based chip salsa and guacamole company. After 12 years of business, they now serve snacks in stores all over Michigan, including great ones like Whole Foods and Kroger. He's one half of Kana a uh, Pakistani late-night food squad delivering delicious originals all over the city. Um, and he's quite a, he seems to be a producer of uh, programming, if you will. Let me find out because I'm saying hello and welcome to Opportunity Detroit. Carlos Parisi, owner of, among other things, Aunt Nee's. Hi. <laughs> hey, Paul. Thank you very much for having me on the show. You've been around a long time. You've had pop-ups in uh, the city of Detroit for over 10 years. Uh, you've had programs, a podcast, sandwich talk, on the Planet Ant Network, uh, <laughs> YouTube, host of a food show, Detroit Digest through Deadline Detroit. Uh, you you're just fully immersed.
3: <laughs> Detroit and the food scene in the city has absolutely become my life, and it's it's definitely because of the the passion that I have, having been around all of these people for so long and i i would love to just continue to to push each other up right that's the one thing that we have about ourselves as the city of detroit is we have each other our community is what we have it's all we have and uh and i'm proud to say that we've had it hard for so long but the only thing that keeps us going is us and why not just kind of keep trudging along the side with it and and seeing what i can do to highlight everything
2: around me certainly what we've learned carlos is it is a true um close-knit community in all aspects of the food industry and all of you have had a very rough way to go and it appears to me that all of you really do help each other
3: yeah i i completely agree and i think that starts with you know whether you're a small business mid-sized mid-sized business in the city even a larger business that's been established for a long time the fact of the matter is Detroit is a small town in a big city. Everybody knows everybody. And whether you're in the food business, art community, creative community, in some way, shape, or form, as long as you're doing something and people see that you're putting that effort towards really working hard, I, I think people recognize that and they just want to help you. They just want to see what they can do to make sure that your goals are accomplished because the effort that you're doing is doing nothing but helping the city as well.
2: Spending some time here on Opportunity to Try on WJR with Carlos Parisi, the owner of Ant Knees. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background.
3: Um, So I'm uh, born in Mexico City. I'm uh, Mexican, Italian, and Lebanese. Um, but I grew up in the south end of Dearborn, so over there by the Rouge plant. So I really got kind of all of those cultures mixed up in one. Uh, basically, a lot of garlic in my life, and uh, and grew up cooking alongside with my mom, uh, and then the uh, the older members of the family uh, kind of got a lot of old life lessons from you know the the folks from the the great generation, the World War II generation. Um, but alongside with that, it was a lot of, you know, that work ethic, that hard work, the, the, the drive, the, the stamina that you have to have to continue to, to keep moving forward. And I think that's really what's been instilled in me. And, you know, when I was in college, I started this company with my friend and his parents, uh, Aunt niece. You know, my, his mom had started a hobby just with a dry mix packet that you need to mix with tomatoes to make your own salsa. And then they lost their house. They, were, or they, were, they lost their jobs rather and they were going to lose the house. And they realized that the only thing that was coming into the the family, money-wise, was this hobby of of his mom's. So we all started this company, and we decided that we were just going to hit the pavement and, and, you know, talk to every uh, store, go to farm markets, do whatever we could to try to make some money for the family to survive. And I'm proud to say that we did. And a few months later, you know, six months later or so, his dad ended up getting a job, and his parents were... Uh, you know, they, they, they had moved on a little bit. We decided to, to really create a true company from this. So him and I were partners uh, up until about 2018 and the family is still very much part of it in the back end. But now it's really just kind of me in the front, uh, you know, proud to say we've we've converted over to fresh salsa with Whole Foods, uh, tortilla chips over at Kroger, a bunch of local markets like the Randazzo Fresh Markets um, all around Metro Detroit. And, it's been it's been quite the drive, and you can find our stuff even in bars and restaurants. But in doing that is what it really when I plugged into the food community even more. So alongside with Eastern Market, who I'm a proud partner of, um, I've been there for 12 years now. And then we had an opportunity to market our products through pop ups about 10 years ago, and I started doing pop ups and plugging in with a lot of the different chefs and and different creatives here in the city to do a bunch of fun just. Uh, events or or you know unique tastings or, or partnerships with people that were doing really big things. So over time, the food scene in the city became my life, and I love it. I, I everywhere that I go around the entire world, whether it's you know taking a food tour in Japan or leading people around Mexico City, um, everyone knows that I take Detroit with me, and Detroit is my spirit, and I'm I'm proud to say that. It's a very hardworking
2: spirit. I'm going to go back to something you said just a bit ago when you were talking about your background, your ethnicity and stuff. I'm half Lebanese, so you know that means we are cousins. Yeah. When you talk about work ethic, it made me think immediately of my mother, Sweet Marie, who's still around at 95, my mother's parents, Grandma Sadie and Grandpa Fred, who came to this country, not speaking English, who started a grocery store, they had a bunch of cousins here already in the fruits and vegetable business. They started a grocery store. They worked every day from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., seven days a week. They lived above the store. As they learned English, the word vacation was never in their vocabulary. And I think of that work ethic then and think about how many, how many kids today have that kind of work ethic. I mean, we've had people tell us... When we've tried to hire people in the past to work at the radio station, well, well I don't work weekends. I mean, it's a different <laughs> world now. So I appreciated your kind of old-world work ethic that you came upon naturally.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely not for everybody. But the one thing that I do see is that in this city, there's so many people, a lot more than, than people know, that do have that work ethic. And it's because, you know, we all grew up not having much. We grew up realizing that the only people that we have is each other and we just have to continue to push each other forward. And that means working constantly. That means always being on. And if you really want to do something, if you really want to start something up for yourself, then that means that you always have to be the one working. Um, Whether you're working, you know, trudging along in, in the most mundane tasks or you're just putting out fires as, you know, the leader of an organization or a company, because every day there's going to be a challenge in some way, shape, or form. And it's funny you said it. Your, your grandmother, I believe you said her name was Grandma Sadie. Grandpa, my grandmother's yeah. name is Sadie, too. Oh, really? <laughs> she, yeah, and she was a hairstylist in the South End. And she, uh, my, my father's mother, um, she was a hairstylist in the South End. So when you mention, you know, the South End, and sadie parisi everybody knows oh wow she used to cut my mom's hair she used to cut my grandma's hair and she was always working she had a hairstyle hair hair salon in the basement and that woman she literally worked herself to, to death she uh you know until her her last days she was still cutting hair and uh and she she got arthritis because of it and everything but it didn't matter because she knew that that was her job and and that's what she had to do to, to raise the kids and, and keep the family moving.
2: I'll tell you something uh, you'll get a kick out of Carlos. Carlos Parisi, owner of Aunt Niece, and that is my, uh, my niece, Dr. Jessica Burns from Toledo, and her husband, Scott, just had their third daughter, and they named her Sadie after nice. my grandmother Sadie, and your Sadie as well. It's a great old name, and it will live on now. Quick note, what's next for Aunt Niece?
3: Uh, We're continuing to to build stores. You know, I I was taught a long time ago that you need to own your backyard, um, work on building the the metro area of Detroit, the larger state of Michigan, and start to build out the Midwest a little bit too. Um, You know, we got to the point with the packets where we were distributing all over the nation to a point. uh, But you realize in some things you have to scale some things back, learn some lessons, and what can you do to, to, to drive forward, to continue to build that business. And with doing the fresh salsa, we started on just owning the backyard, just really looking at Detroit. And then from that point on, building out the rest of the state. And now I'm proud to say that we are in Toledo for your niece. Um, They can pick us up at the Whole Foods store as well. And we're looking at hopefully building out into um, the Illinois market, Chicago specifically, and uh, a few more of the state's Midwest. And I'd love to expand it nationally as well.
2: Beautiful. Well, we wish you best of luck. Antneys Company on Instagram, uh, Kana uh, Pop, uh, Pop Up on Instagram, Sandwich Talk Podcast, WDET, Antneys and Pop Ups interview. You got a lot going on. We're going to keep an eye <laughs> on you, and I'm sure we'll talk again, Carlos. Thank you very much, Paul. Have a great day. You do the same, Carlos Parisi, on the move, owner of Antneys and so much more as we continue on Opportunity Detroit. Next up on Opportunity Detroit, we meet Ryan Meitel. He's the founder and CEO of Rivet and said to be a serial entrepreneur. He's a Detroiter proudly. He's an engineer. He's a leader. Ryan and the Rivet team are on a mission to revolutionize how people and assets are managed by skilled trade contractors and improve the field work experience for all. That's, to me that's biting off a lot Ryan uh, nice to have you on opportunity to try tell me more
4: yeah um, it's great to be here um, yeah it's 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 a it's a big challenge um, uh, the construction um, industry and uh, you know contractors are, are really like one of the final frontiers um, in uh, digital transformation and uh, you know a lot of the you know labor shortage and supply chain issues that are circling in the news right now, um, you know, really, uh, you know, strike home, uh, in that digital transformation, it's time for that, um, in the construction industry. Um, and the reason people digitally transform is for efficiency gains. And, uh, you know, that's something that the construction industry is ready for. And it's starting to happen uh, right now.
2: So rivet is rivet work incorporated That's correct, and it's a Detroit based software company founded in 2020 working on the digital tools that connect people, work, and skills. Tell me about the team.
4: Yeah, the the team is phenomenal. So we've got 11 people today. Um, We actually started last year, 2021, with five. So we doubled last year. Our plan is to double again um, this year. And uh, uh, we actually, uh, most most of the founding members of the team have been working together for Uh, more than half a decade. Um, So our founding team consists of myself, uh, Alison Accovetti, who's our CMO, um, Andrew Lawrence, who's our CTO, um, and Lou Galinas, who is a developer and and a former Army vet. Um, We started working on the idea um, back in late 2019. um, And uh, over time, uh, really just um, found a problem uh, worth solving. Um, found that the timing was right. So there's a lot of tailwinds driving digital transformation in construction. Um, and then we had a team to kind of execute, um, and we've gone from there.
2: Well, you've, you've gone from there in a very big way and done uh, very well. Um, honored to be mentioned among amazing emerging, emerging companies as one of the top Detroit startups to watch in 2021 by Purpose Jobs. That's got to certainly... Make you feel very, very good. I note in your past you spent uh, seven years or so with a very good company as an engineer, the Robert Bosch Company. Uh, who would have guessed that Robert Bosch, just as a sidebar, <laughs> would start to become so big in the bicycle industry?
4: Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, they were actually just starting the e-bike, e-bike group um, as part of the division I worked at. Um, in Bosch, which is, you know, not so much directly with e-bike, but one of the reasons why I kind of caught the entrepreneurial bug was the seven years I spent at that company um, building my foundation. Uh, I spent a lot of time at uh, internal startups at Bosch. Uh, It's a very innovative company. I really can't say enough great things about it. I met so many great people, had so many great mentors. I wasn't part of the e-bike team, which they're doubling down on, but I was very close, very adjacent to it. Um, uh, and you know, today I've got former Bosch people on my team and also former Bosch execs as, uh, angel investors in my company.
2: Excellent. So what do you think, uh, we're spending some time here with Ryan Mitel, the founder and CEO of Rivet. He's been called a serial entrepreneur. He's a Detroiter, an engineer, a leader. Um, what would you say has been the key to your success in gaining traction among contractors?
4: Yeah. So really key, um, in the construction industry is trust really in any, any, any business field. Um, and there are three ways that we've focused on to build trust with our customers. Uh, first is we listen. Uh, so we don't know how to run an electrical contractor, for example, better than our customers do. Um, so what we try to do is apply software to the processes that they've perfected over decades. And the second thing we do is we deliver and that builds trust. So we do what we say we're going to do and we deliver what our customers are asking because we're listening to them. Uh, and then the third thing uh, we do is through partnerships. So we were pretty fortunate early on, um, to have a partner in ideal industries. It's a company based out of Sycamore, Illinois. Um, ideal is an investor in rivet and also a channel partner. Um, I deal with the electricians champion. Um, they lead many of the product categories that the electrical industry relies on. Every electrician knows their products. The company is 100 years old. And so the companies that we're working with, the contractors that we're working with, know that through this partnership, we're here to stay. We're not fly by
2: night. You know, earlier mentioned uh, uh, the fact that uh, uh, you're passionate about providing solutions for the ongoing labor shortage and generational changes and um, I, I'm just wondering how Rivet addresses this ongoing. This is the elephant in the room for everybody: the ongoing labor shortage. How do, how are you addressing that?
4: Right. Yeah. So I, one of the thing, every contractor we work with is uh, has more work than they can than they can execute on. Uh, and there's like two ways you can do more work: you can find more people, and or you can create more efficiencies in the way that you complete your jobs. And so we help with a little bit of both. But primarily, you know, first and foremost, we're helping with efficiencies. So adopting digital tools like Rivet, uh, we help them gain uh, efficiencies in their operations. Uh, The the amount of times that a worker shows up at the office not knowing where they're supposed to be is dramatically reduced because uh, of our platform. Um, And in terms of, you know, bringing more people into the trades, part of that is, you know, the Gen Zers uh, and younger millennials that are entering the workforce. Or looking at the trades, have expectations of the you know kinds of tools they're going to be using on the job, and if they enter the construction industry today, they're very shocked at the fact that there is almost no digital tools as part of their work. Um, we change that, and so over time, you know, having these tools in the hands of these companies will change the perception of the industry as uh, you know behind the times and become a more attractive workplace for the next generation.
2: Well, it's really something. Uh, I see why they said you were a top Detroit startup to watch in 2021 by Purpose Jobs. Here we are. It is 2022 and we're watching you and, uh, and seeing you growing. Um, and uh, how, first of all, how do people get in touch? What people are you looking for to get in touch and what's next for your company and your dreams?
4: Uh, yeah. Um, so, you can check us out on our website, uh, rivet.work. Um, uh, info at rivet.work is more, an email address. Um, you can also just reach me directly, uh, ryan at rivet.work. Um, we're looking to talk to construction contractors. Um, uh, we're primarily focused on the electrical trade, but we'll work with anyone, mechanical, electrical, plumbing, concrete, self performed groups of general contractors. Um, these are our customers. um, And uh, we mostly work with superintendents uh, or the labor groups at those companies. Um, We're also hiring. So, we're looking for product managers, customer success, marketing, uh, software developers. So, anybody looking um, for an exciting career, um, uh, serving the trades, uh, reach out through those same mediums. And in terms of what's next, um, our goal is to grow big this year. As I said, we're, our goal is to nearly double our headcount um, and also you know, uh, digitally transform lots and lots of contractors. We're, we're actually rolling out nationally with our partner, Ideal Industries, this year. And so we've been sort of focused on a couple of key markets last year, You know, at the earliest stage, testing the waters. And we're in the middle of a national rollout. So the goal is to be national
2: by the end of the year. Beautiful. By the way, you want to double the team. How big is the team right now? Uh, the team today is 11. And you're shooting for 22. Uh, go to www.rivet.org. www.rivet.org. Rivet, R-I-V-E-T, and that's where you'll find a very hardworking Ryan Mitel, the founder and CEO of Rivet. Thanks for joining us on Opportunity Detroit. Thank you. As we continue on WJR. I got to tell you, maybe I'm grasping and looking for good things. I don't think so. I'm telling you, I had an unnatural reaction to this news, and it was a very positive reaction. And that is, it's official. The North American International Auto Show in Detroit is returning. Downtown, September 14th through the 25th. I love that news. And the man who has worked so hard under the horrific conditions that so many people have worked under, putting things together, trying to do events, Rod Elberts of the Detroit Auto Dealers Association. He's their executive director and the executive director of the North American International Auto Show in Detroit is on the other end of my line. Rod. God bless Hello, you. Paul. I I it just makes me feel good. I don't know if it's because it makes me feel a sense of normalcy somehow creeping back in or what, but I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision.
1: No, but you know it's been 3 years. Um you know how important the auto show and and e- economically and what it means for for Michigan and showcasing what what we're all about here with the future of uh, and the transformation of technology, but but more so I think as a community uh, we all need something to look forward to. We're, we've been stuck in this for for a couple of years with uh, with the pandemic, but uh, you know, at, at some point, uh, we we have to live our lives. We have to we have to move forward, and and at some point in time, and and we believe by next September, um, we need to put this back in place and do some great things for charities and the community and jobs, and you know, it's it's a matrix of so many things.
2: Amen, brother. You are absolutely right. We need to get back on track slowly, but surely it's going to take decisions like yours. Let's face it. I I mean, I don't want to dig too deep here, but I suspect that the DADA lost a lot of money when this all began, this pandemic, because you'd already – these plans go far in advance, and money is spent. And then to not be able to have the show, that money was just out the window. Am I wrong in suggesting that – that it was very costly for you? Uh,
1: unimaginable. If you go back, you know, we had big plans for 2020. You know, things were changing already in, in the industry, uh, both electrification, etc. And we were going to move to the, the uh, indoor-outdoor in June. You Remember that? A lot of things mm-hmm. planned and big news coming out. And then it hit uh, in March prior to or around there. So, if you think of all the things you go into planning for a big show like ours, a, a, an interna- international show, it takes a year and a half of planning and, and spending and, and staff and, and just uh, just trying to make things put in place for that one moment in time. But I'll tell you right now, we're we've got the template. Uh, we've been doing some things the last year, um, and we we have this ready in hand to put to to make something big for the community and and for Detroit and the state of Michigan. So. Yeah, but the money spent, um, it's just like everybody else. We've all been through so much. But uh, these are the times you got to really step up and do everything you can and, and put your heart into it and soul and financially and make it, uh, make it what it should be and stay ahead of the pack. I mean, that's what we have to do. We can't just on the sidelines. We have to be working at it, and that's what the DADA and the leadership is doing right now.
2: Well, good for you, good for all of the great auto dealers that make up the DADA and uh, in making the commitment. That is good for all of us. And, of course, last summer we had the downtown concert, the car crawl. Um, raise, you raised money for charities, even if you couldn't do the regular show. Um, and you had Motor Bella, uh, Automobility uh, at M1 Concord. So are you going to continue to do that?
1: You know what? What you learn in these times, and and uh, you know, I've said this before, and it wasn't my my statement, but uh, crisis brings opportunity, and you learn things along the way. You know, sometimes you get complacent in your game plans and what you do. Uh, we learned a lot in the last two years, and having these other events, we learned what we could do—the good and the bad. Of course, there's always things, you, the pitfalls of things you you uh, you attempt. But we learned so much, and we can apply it with the, with the show in uh, next September. Uh, but when you think of Motorbella, we, we found out what we could do outside experientially and put people in cars. It, it worked great. The weather was a challenge. Uh, we thought we had that in January, right? But, <laughs> um, but, but, you know, that summer event that you helped us out with, too, we raised money for charity. It gave us an idea of what we could do downtown. I mean, we've got such a great city for a walk, you know, walkability uh, with the parks. Uh, we're working with Eric Larson and, and the Mayor, Mayor Duggan. We can do things with the convention center downtown, at Huntington, that most people can't do with a city with restaurants and, and places to go. And we can we can reignite that, and we can bring some things back in a hurry and accelerate it that could have taken a year or two. But we can we can do some things next September that's not just it's going to be charity driven. It's going to be economically driven. It's going to be good for the restaurants. But why not capitalize on our assets, which is Detroit? and what we have to offer so we're just jumping on that and and what we've learned has has been huge but we're excited because you're there with us uh you've helped us with charity preview and raise money and we can do that again but we want to expand that we want to embrace diversity and other things we can do downtown that that will be the new projects that can make a difference in the community and people's lives
2: it'll all be happening at what is now called huntington place and it'll be September 14th through the 25th. Put it on your calendar. September 14th through September 25th. Huntington Place, downtown Detroit. The North American International Auto Show in Detroit. I sure hope that uh, that you're getting a favorable reaction, at least from our hometown companies, Ford, uh, Stellantis, and General Motors, to be sure that they have great displays there.
1: You know, I, I feel really good about that. You know, we're going to, again, play to our strengths with... With the, with the manufacturers here in Detroit and suppliers and, and the media. But the, but the big three, as, as we should call it, with the brands and their leadership and technology, we have so much to show off, but they're they're going to be on board. Uh, we've talked to them. We've been in touch. And uh, they really love the idea of a celebration for the city and the state of Michigan and what we can bring to the party and showcase what we're all about. But, uh, you know, again, we got to play at our strengths, and, and the big three are part of that. You know, Ford James Stellanas, and look what did yesterday with Nactoy. It was just great news.
2: Oh, wasn't that incredible? Ford did so well. We talked about that uh, earlier. Uh, All good news happening, and the and the world's largest uh, Ford uh, dealer by sales, Bill Brown Ford, is now here in Detroit, largest in the world. I mean, Ford's on a run, and God bless him. We we support all of our um, auto manufacturers, and certainly our suppliers that are so very important. And uh, a guy who doesn't have a car dealership, as far as I know, but really has a dog in this fight. Mayor Mike Duggins, very happy to hear you say, Rod Elberts, that you're going to be coming back downtown Detroit, September 14th through the 25th, because that's been very important to him as well.
1: Well, we've uh, we've been in touch with the mayor. We met met with him at the end of the year um, in 21, and uh, g- gave the idea of what we had in mind. And of course, he's very excited. But then you bring to it. Uh, with Penske and, and uh, the Grand Prix, what they're doing. Uh, think of all this going on, these two big events and other things that, that are going to be brought and follow accordingly downtown Detroit. Uh, again, that's the you, you can't sit on the sidelines. That's what uh, the people of Detroit do. And even the, to the Grand Prix and, and the North American Auto Show, uh, Detroit events like that are going to make a difference. But
2: Absolutely. Um, you know,
1: the dealers of really the core of this thing are the car dealers uh, that have put Absolutely. this show on for so many years.
2: And finally, on Opportunity Detroit, we welcome Brendan Edwards, co-founder and chef of Metropolitan West Village. Welcome to the program. Nice to have you here, Brendan. Tell us about yourself and tell us about Metropolitan West Village.
0: Uh, well, thanks for having me on. I, uh,
2: I'm i the
0: chef and uh, also curator of some wine and beverages at Metropolitan and West Village, uh, which is in Detroit. It's right... Uh, near Bell Isle, um, we take up an interesting little neighborhood of um, that's in West Village, but it's encompassed in and around um, Indian Village, uh, pretty close to Eastern Market, and uh, about halfway to Gross Point between downtown and Gross Point. So we have quite a few people passing through, as well as quite a few people that uh, live in and around us. Uh, we take we took over the former craftwork spot. For those of you who've been down in that area um, and transformed it into two concepts, um, one being a bar and kitchen, and then the other one being a variety store. Uh, A variety store providing uh, lots of different beverages. Um, Ashley Price, who's my partner, uh, has really done an exceptional job at picking out uh, some some beautiful wines that you can't find in a lot of normal uh, big box stores. Uh, so we're, we're definitely looking at things that are approachable, but also somewhat hard to find. Um, he's also known for his expertise in beer and spirits. Uh, we don't carry our spirits yet, uh, as we're still waiting on the MLCC to come through us for us on that one. But uh, we do have a really beautiful selection of beers um, and non-alcoholic beverages, for those of you uh, wanting to do a dry January or at least uh, tone down your uh, your year a little bit so um, have you found followed Brendan, play-
2: Brendan, have you found that to be the case is that a an ongoing trend that you've recognized that people are saying uh, maybe I've picked up the drinking and uh, a little too much during the pandemic and I want to tone it down I mean these are there's obviously a reason you said that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a trend going towards that in terms of uh, people being a little bit more in the mindset of uh, thinking about how they're they're treating their bodies and um, kind of how much they're indulging. But at the same time, as uh, as a glutton at heart, uh, I personally also understand wanting to go out <laughs> and still feel like I want to have a, a good beverage or something at home to sip on that isn't. Well, so drab, I guess, you know, something a little more exciting. And so having some, some things that um, either are reminiscent of, of what you're used to drinking, like um, some of the wines that we have that are non-alcoholic are actually made traditionally uh, as wines. And then uh, through a process, the alcohol is all removed. So you end up with a lot of the wine flavor uh, without any of the alcohol. Um so you still feel like you're you're having a a beverage of your choice without that restriction of uh, considering how many drinks you drink in that evening. Hmm.
2: Well, I liked it, and I live near there, so I'm definitely going to come by Metropolitan West Village to experience what you've got going on there. I liked when you said that you like to try to find some wines that, that A, we may not be familiar with, and B, uh, may be difficult to get, but that you work hard to get them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's
0: a, there's a definitely, um, a thing when you have the big box stores that, um, you can go in and you can find certain brands and whether they're quality or, um, just a little bit more of volume production. Um, for those of you who are interested in really finding those experiences, um, it's a lot of work to, to try and find wines. There's some wines I have in my shelves that, uh, only two cases of wine came into the whole state of Michigan, um, and I got a select few bottles. Um, so we we tend to have uh, a little bit more leverage on that um, because of both myself and Ashley's uh, prominence within the community, uh, culinarily beverage hospitality side. Um, and people know that we're we're representing a certain quality. Um, and so going out and finding, places that are are wine shops or wine bars are usually the best places to to find um, unique boutique things that might uh, be interesting, as well as have someone who's an expert enough like Ashley is to be able to really guide you into something that you might enjoy or might find something really different.
2: Well, you being uh, the co-founder and chef, a lot is riding on the food and the uh, certainly, we've talked uh, a million times of uh, farm-to-table, things like that. You are dealing with local farms and, and purveyors inspired by Michigan's seasons and such. Talk to us about the food.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, a big part of the, the thought on the food um, right now is is also kind of has some of those thoughts of um, trying to be a little bit more conscious of what we're eating, um, but not wanting to skimp out on flavors. So we... Um, Our menu is very focused on uh, the seasons of Michigan um, and a lot of vegetables. Um, I think about 70% of our menu currently is uh, vegetarian. Um, But in utilizing, uh, I uh, spent some time slash lived in Mexico. Um, And so utilizing some of those techniques and flavors with chili peppers, moles, and different sauces, um, you can really make some really delicious Uh, dishes that make you feel like you're not necessarily missing out on the protein part, Um, but as well as offering things like um, a Detroit-style burger, which is a double patty made with uh, zip sauce that we make in-house, marrow, which is a butcher shop just right around the corner, also in West Village. Um, We use their pasture-raised beef, uh, which is procured mostly in Michigan, Um, and uh, then we uh, Wisconsin brick cheese, which was a traditional uh, cheese that uh, made uh, Detroit pizza famous, um, so the the big melty cheese that um, you usually see on those Detroit style pizzas is what we use on our burgers, and a rosemary aioli and a little bit of shredded iceberg lettuce. Um, so we have we have a variety of things that we offer, um, as well as steaks and fish and specials on a regular basis. So. Um, We try and be diverse, but also uh, approachable with the Latin American flavors.
2: you have any specific goals for 2022? Ooh, that's a good question.
0: Um, Well, I mean, uh, personal goals. Uh, I have a fiancé that I'll be uh, getting married this year and a new business. So hopefully both of those are very fruitful. Um, A little bit more professional. I mean, um, I definitely hope to see... Um, a lot more progress in uh, in that Detroit area and trying to be a lot more active in the community, um, which is something that I've always tried to be a part of. Um, I think that's an important part to, uh, know your neighbors. Um, so.
2: Final word, uh, final word on anything that we haven't discussed that you want to be sure we know about Metropolitan West Village in 30 seconds.
0: Uh, Metropolitan West Village is a fresh and exciting new venture um, by myself, Ashley Price, and my partners Rick and John. Uh, We are doing um, things that are very focused on the community and local uh, surroundings, but also invite people to come from afar, as they already have, to experience some unique boutique items, uh,
2: fresh and uh, local flavors. Excellent. We look forward to being there, and congratulations, Brendan Edwards, co-founder and chef of Metropolitan West Village. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We'll talk again, and I will come in and see you, because I I don't live too far away from there. Thanks so much, Brendan. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Well, it's uh, our pleasure. It's what Opportunity Detroit is all about. Talking about Detroit, all the people taking advantage of the opportunities in Detroit. Great lineup of guests, Carlos uh, Parisi, owner of Ant Knees, uh, Ryan Mitel, the founder and CEO of Rivet. Great to visit with our friend Rod Edwards, the DADA, Detroit Auto Dealers Association Executive Director. And the great news that September 14th through the 25th, we will have the North American International Auto Show in Detroit at Huntington Place. And finally, we just met Brendan Edwards, co-founder and chef of Metropolitan West Village. Meanwhile, hope you'll join me in the mornings, Monday through Friday from 6 till 9 on WJR, and then back here on Opportunity Detroit. Regards, Paul W. Smith.